0: Welcome to the Hard Questions, Real Answers podcast, and I am with my special guest, Dr. Erwin Lutzert. So now you are serving as the pastor emeritus of Moody Bible Church, is that correct?
1: That's right. Ever since 2016, I transitioned. And uh, you know what the surprise is? That since I did that, our own media ministry has grown tremendously. Is that right? We're still on four or 500 stations in America, but also, and this excites me, we're in four different languages about to go into a fifth. So we continue to minister. I continue to be busy. And of course, I write books.
0: Right. So you're an author and a speaker. And so you really haven't retired by any means. You're solely it, right? I always tell God,
1: I pray, God, keep me alive until I die. <laughs>
0: That is a fair. I think we should all pray. Well, one of the things that uh, I've really appreciated about you in ministry is your passion for light. And most recently you did write a book uh, and it's called, We Will Not Be Silenced. And I think that title wraps most of us today as Christians, because we feel like we are being silenced, but specifically, what is this book about? And why did you write it now?
1: Well, I can only quote David Jeremiah, who wrote the intro. He said the reason that this book was so significant is it really shows how cultural Marxism explains a lot of things in our culture, Mm. not just critical race theory, but even the vilification of our history, Mm. freedom of speech, propaganda, socialism. All these themes are covered in the book. And here's what's uh, interesting, Nat. This book actually shows how that underlying all of these issues you have this stream of cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism says we have to attack the culture. That's why it's called that. So Dave Jeremiah said he read many different articles and there's bits and pieces out there. And he said that this book really puts it together. So I simply take his word. I'm glad that God has blessed its ministry and I'm so glad that we can be talking about it.
0: Well, my wife and I recently actually went through that book and constantly we, we kept saying, wow, this, this is not new. It's simply an old tactic revest, but we're facing it as Americans today. And so one of the common questions I get as a pastor and as a teacher back to the Bible is, okay, so really what is happening to Christianity in America today? But how do we respond to it? Because it seems like we Our faith is getting almost ripped out from under us. We didn't have the opportunity to speak up anymore. So how would you answer those questions?
1: Well, do you have five hours? Let's go. Let's go. Let's begin with at least a few minutes. Yeah, let's do it. The thing is this, that our culture is disintegrating for a number of different reasons. You have the impact of secularism. You have the impact of technology. The cell phone in your teenager's hand will do more and more to inform his or her worldview than an hour of church and an hour of Sunday school. So you have all these conflicting voices. And the big question today is who can you really trust? So young people are uh, actually, they are confronted with a myriad of options. And so one of the things that we have to do is this, we have to help them to look at the culture to accept what we can't accept, what we should accept, but to reject much of it. And we have to draw the line. And the other thing that's so critical in my book that I try to emphasize is, if we get vilified for the cause of Christ, we have to consider it as a badge of honor. Because in America, we think, well, you know, if the church were all it should be, we'd never be persecuted, we'd never be marginalized. That's not been true throughout church history. Church history is filled with persecution, marginalization, vilification, false accusations. So we have to step to the plate and we have to take our responsibility to represent Christ clearly. Now, here's what some Christians say. They say, well, you know, we can't win the culture. And I agree that we can't win it back probably. But um, so what difference does it make? My point, I didn't write the book so much to reclaim the culture as I wrote it to reclaim the church. Because even if we can't change the culture, and the early church proved this too, you know, the seven churches of revelation, they didn't change their culture, but Jesus was urging them to remain faithful wherever they found themselves. And that of course is my heart and my desire even as we talk about these matters.
0: Well, obviously, you spent a lot of time in the church, pastoring a church. I spent five years as a teaching pastor at a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, Warren Wiersbe, who I think you may or may not have known by yes. us. And uh, he became a personal friend and mentor. Uh, but it, it, one of the challenges I am was people, even inside the church, they view the church as less and less of an authority and the body as less and less with authority. So, what, what encouragement, what advice would you give pastors today who are struggling with giving people to engage God's word to believe it is?
1: Well, what we have to do is to give them good reasons to believe, but it's more than that. Okay. When Jesus said, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear, we read that and we say, Well, everybody we know has ears. Right. right. It is really their hearts. We listen more with our hearts than we do our minds. And one of the reasons that the authority of the Bible is being undermined is because of the fact that so many people don't want to listen to it. It is contrary to human desire. So the apostle Paul said this, that in the end time, there are going to be those who bring to themselves teachers, false teachers who exploit, I'm I'm writing a paraphrase here now, their desires. So we have desire-driven theology. Uh That's why you have churches, of course, that bow to the LGBTQ community agenda. And they don't realize that they're doing this because of a false view of love.
0: Hmm.
1: I point out in the book that love can be evil. (laughs) Adam and Eve, when they fell in the garden, they didn't stop loving. They just started to love all the wrong things. Lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of self. So just because something is loving does not make it right. Either. So here, here's the issue that we need to confront in today's culture. What is most important, truth or tolerance? Mm-hmm. And we need to confront people with that.
0: Yeah, it seems like tolerance is a badge of honor for the churches today, but they are compromising left and right. So as we close out our title today, one of the questions that I often get it goes back to this issue of critical race theory, cultural Marxism, the influence of the world into the church. is unknown when it's time to leave the church.
1: Well, I think that you should stay in a church, even if it has some of these elements. If you think that you can be a positive voice for change, if it goes too far and you can't, then try to find a church that is more faithful to the scriptures. But I have to tell you, it's difficult sometimes, and uh, everybody needs to make up their own mind, but we need to be able to draw a line and say this much, but no further.
0: And ultimately, as Christians, we won't be silenced, even in our own church, right?
1: Yes, my friend, today, even as Christians, we will not be silenced, because as Bonhoeffer pointed out, even silence, Israeli speech.
0: Wow. uh, If people want to learn more about that book or get a copy, where should they go?
1: Well, people can go to Amazon, they can go to christianbook.com, or even moodymedia.com. And uh, in these ways, the book is widely available across many different platforms.
0: Dr. Lutzer, would you mind coming back on our show again? That'd be great. Wonderful. We'll have you on again. Thank you guys for listening and watching.